Hello and welcome to Got It From My Mama. You got it right. Okay, you interrupted me before I can even get to what people know what the podcast is about. Mm -hmm. Got It From My Mama is a podcast where I talk to my mom about everything you are too scared to chat to your own mom about. I'm Tori Piskin. I'm a comedian in New York City. You see me on MTV's Wilding Out and we're Friday 29 Snapchat Discover. And I'm Lulu Piskin and I take Klonopin. Okay, that is an interesting... <laughs> I just figured, why not put it out there? Um, the podcast is about opening up. I have opened up. And let's get started. Okay, Tori. To got it from my mama. Got it from your mama has no makeup. A podcast where I talk to my mom about everything you wouldn't want to talk to your own mom about, or you would. We are reporting live from Corona. Corona, Corona City. It's really not funny. I got my wine, Tori. Yeah, because I need it, and I am literally having a nervous breakdown. So just in case everyone knows, we live in Manhattan. I think all our listeners listeners know. Mm -hmm. And it is so freaking stressful here to go outside and see everyone in mass. And I've got everyone from my business calling. A girl comes in today. She's sick. All right. She's wearing a mask. The client leaves. I said, (laughs) don't come in when you're sick. They came in. She can't breathe. All right. I mean, the world. Well, no. I mean, she could breathe. But the world is freaking out, including your mother. You are freaking out. We had I've a had a fight with you. I've had a fight with Rachel. You My leg is shaking. Can you like stop a, with the leg is shaking? Like a, it's like a loony bin. And all I want to do is watch the news. That's it. I don't But really I think you are like almost else. like intrigued. I think you're almost like intrigued. I have no makeup on. You have lipstick on. Like it's shit. almost on your teeth. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, so guys, we're a little bitchy. No, before we get into that, yeah. I just want to say that we are having now video with the podcast when me and my mom do the episode. So you guys should check it out on my Instagram. Really? I think we're going to put the full episodes up on Instagram Woo-hoo! or at least just me and my mom's. So anyway, don't forget to Wait, keep you're not going to have the guest. Well, sometimes if they're not here, we can't. Yeah. Like the guest we're... We just had a very exciting guest tour. Well, we can tell them who it is. Okay. So his name is Kenny Barnes. He was from Love is Blind. he was in Blind. Love is Blind, the Netflix show. I'm sure everyone's seen it. And if it, you don't know what hit. it is, it's a reality show that really like just became very popular. It's about people date in these pods. It's like speed dating in pods and you can't see it. And the whole concept is like, can you build a relationship off of just like hearing someone? I want to... Definitely see if I could have you apply for the next season. Well, you were really, I don't think I'm Can hot we? enough because last night you said some really nasty words to I me. I did not say nasty so words to yesterday you. I, I went, said I didn't like your shirt today, which was, happened to be my shirt, <laughs> by the way. Well, yesterday. It was my well, fucking shirt. I just want to say. Wait, what were we going to talk about? Corona, oh, my no, God. Let me just. Let's talk about the lobby situation <laughs> in the building. Okay. Wait, can I just say so, what you did yesterday? That was really mean. Okay. So yesterday I, we went to go buy this camera and my dad was telling the story how we were at the camera store and this girl came up to me and was like, oh, you're really pretty. Can I take photos of you? And my dad was like, obviously felt like honored and was like, you know, because he's I'm part of him. And then he's telling my mom and part of him. And my mom was like, I'm oh, he, he, my mom goes, oh, well, that was nice of her. I mean, you don't even really look that good. 
And I was like, what? She goes, no, you know what I mean. I'm like, no, I don't know what I mean. You know what I mean. You're very ugly today. So I'm surprised you went up to it. But you're gorgeous. You know what I mean. You always do that. You say the mean. You know what I mean. You're not your best. You look awful. You should walk into Sephora and never come back. But you know what I mean. You're, you're so ugly today. You're hideous. You're hideous. But I love you. You're gorgeous. That shirt is fucking ugly. That was my shirt. Why are you wearing that? Like, you're so mean to me. No, you're so mean. She's so mean. So anyway. So talk about the okay, lobby. So anyway. So... I was very upset this morning, and I'm worried about you because you have a compromised immune system. Well, from I the should lawn. let people know that, like, I wasn't really feeling well today. I feel like I have like a viral. I think just a normal viral. A vi- normal viral. Tori, <laughs> she is not drinking the morning. So Tori had. I have to speak to you for you, just like you were in fourth grade. <laughs> okay. So you have a cold and a little sore throat. You're a little run down from traveling to L.A. Right. And we really should tell everyone you are moving to L.A. I am moving to L.A. Even with the coronavirus, Carolyn is waiting for you. She's there with the mask on, (laughs) arms out, and you are moving. I'm moving, but that doesn't mean we're stopping. It's making me very nervous. By the way, it doesn't mean we're stopping the podcast. No, I'm going there. Yeah. And we're going to be doing it. um, First of all, we put a lot in the can. You're coming back in May for a live show. So we'll be recording back and forth. Okay. I'm going to be bi-coastal. Anyway, so tell people so what, what happened, happened today. With the what happened today was I went downstairs. I have diarrhea in the mouth. I'm in the elevator and I go to the doorman who's 23 years old. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe my daughter. She's not feeling well. I'm so nervous. Her immune system's not good. You can't even get a fucking test. And the guy's like, oh, duh. He has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. He doesn't even know there's a coronavirus, all right? And he's like, he's like, really? Well, oh, what's the state of basketball today? I'm like, oh my God, Moran. Then I go out to the doorman at the door and I go, oh my God, my daughter's sick upstairs. I don't know. Ba, ba, ba. You know, we got to get her, a t- we got to go get, take her to City MD. I'm worried about alarm. Next, we know we're getting emails from the building management. <laughs> we have been notified your daughter is sick. We are not allowed say, to have wait, infected. Did they say, we noticed that your daughter, who's only pretty on Wednesdays and sometimes Thursdays. <laughs> she's wearing the right shirt. Anyway, we're getting email after email that they're basically saying, vacate <laughs> the daughter and both you and your husband. We cannot have sick people in the building. She might have the coronavirus. And daddy's screaming at me. He's like, listen. You have a big fucking mouth. You have diarrhea in the mouth. Why do you need to talk to the doorman like they're friends? Okay? (laughs) So why I do, because I get nervous from everything. Right. And I mean, they're like my friends. But guess what? They're not. They fucking ratted on me. (laughs) And then I came back and I said, show them the email. And I go, you fuckers, you told on me. No, I didn't. The construction workers told you because my building, for everyone that doesn't know... Is under construction right. because it's a brand new building and I have nothing. I'm living in a dungeon with a, an apartment that's done and the rest of it is a dungeon like Anne Frank in the not, in, with the Nazis. <laughs> anyway, Some so reference. they're telling me that they did not tell, they did not say anything okay. and that it was the construction workers. Wait, the construction workers that most of them are just out of jail and they can't speak English. All right. So... Daddy and I are up Shit's Creek. We're going to have to vacate right after this video. And whether you have coronavirus or not, we're all going down. That's how I feel. And then, yeah, I went to the city. I went to City MD today to get tested. City MD! And obviously, like, I feel sick, but I obviously, like, hyped up my symptoms because they're not, I mean, they, we're, we're so we're recording this Thursday. This is coming out Tuesday. But obviously, they're only giving the coronavirus test to people that are 
high risk. And so I'm like trying to make myself more high risk. I'm like, you know, like I was like, I have Lyme disease. I have Lyme disease. And the guy there is like in a full mask, like a full mask. Like you can't even see him. And like, he's got, a, like what I do you call those hazmat suits? I can't even understand him. He's like, oh, you're not a full mask. You look, I think you're okay. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, dude, I'm getting closer. And he's like, oh, don't get close to me. Then he sticks this thing up my nose. Doesn't even warm. This is the most painful experience. Sticks this thing up my nose and it's like, I'm touching you. It's like the subway station. I'm testing you. You're getting off the E. You're going to What? I You're going to get off the E train. And like, I literally couldn't understand this guy. Is it going to get off and get the Corona on the what? So anyway, this guy tests me. He says, I'm not at high risk, even though I'm like, I have a dry cough. I have fevers. I said I was on a plane. He goes, well, you weren't exposed to the coronavirus by any. I don't know. How was I supposed to know? How does he know you fucking I've been talking exposed. to a few guys Wait on Hinge. Maybe they're. Never mind. The coronavirus, no one knows who's exposed. Exactly. So in Manhattan, here's the problem. You are smashed in like a fucking sardine and it's Corona City. Right. Now, all I think about is those damn people in Italy, the poor things that they keep showing on the news in the hospital <laughs> Wait, like, like fat sausages <laughs> Laying on their Mommy. stomach, dying. I'm going to be one of those. They're I, naked in diapers. They are in diapers in who? ICU. You're not explaining people. Italy, who? people are like, they just might as well. They're all dead in Italy. No, the they're not. A make... lot of them are dead in Italy. They're, it's a, but it's a age, hot zone. But it's of, a hot zone. It's a hot zone. But of age And I people? picture myself like that. Flipped over, except I won't look fat because I didn't eat as much pasta. Flipped over in the diaper. And why do they have to keep showing us? And by the way, the nurses are in the hazmat suit. Right. And so I'm like. You look fine to me. I think you might have a normal flu infection. But I'm doomed. This is what I am petrified. And by the way, we Living in New York City. Okay. I, I Do I close my studios? Do I keep them open? People are like, do the right thing. Do the right what thing. What does that mean? No, don't do the right thing. We need it for our head. Our kids are home. I'm going to fucking blow my brains out. The husband's home. I'm going to fucking, I can't. So, because you own a Pilates studio, if there are Correct. any listeners. Correct. I own a fitness, Pilates, and dance, which maybe sweating is not the best thing yeah, with the coronavirus. Like... It's corona hell. I feel like I can't go on any dates recently. No, you're done with the dates. I'm going to die alone. But you're leaving. I'm dying alone. You are going to die alone. I just think that's, let's cheers. Cheers to dying alone. Cheers. Should we talk about our fight cheers. that you yelled oh, at me before the oh, podcast? Oh, 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 So then before the podcast, we had a whopping fight. No, but the breaking. The fucks were flying. Bitch no, was flying. I hate the podcast. You said that. Okay, breaking news to Blasio. Mayor de Blasio so was talking. So it's 4.35, okay? We have the podcast with Kenny, which you guys are going to hear in a few minutes. I said, Mom, let's prepare. Let's get our notes because this is a big person. Is, I'm really I excited. I wish single. I know you do. He I am so, so sweet, disappointed. So oh, You guys are going to love God. the episode, by the way, because it he, really gave so much insight to the show. And But it, he, let me just tell everyone, the most genuine, sweetheart, loveliest, brilliant guy. By the way, I don't know where you find another one of him, but holy shit, and he's blonde, Tori. So tell us. Anyway, so it's I am watching in my bed, okay? De Blasio come on with breaking news, which, by the way, I can't wait to finish the podcast. I need, I'm attached. I'm literally turned into my <gasps> father. When he was 81 and he couldn't leave Fox <laughs> News. But everyone, I'm not on Fox News. I love, what's his name? David Muir. Okay, so Muro. it's 4.35. Anyway, they just announced it's da, what? It's de Blasio. Uh, okay, emergency. 
we, he has declared New York City a state of emergency. Mm-hmm. All right? So no, he's talking about no food. He's closing businesses. You can't be more than six feet, six feet apart. Um, it's serious. They don't know how many months. It could take six months to get your business back. Um, you're basically fucking doomed. They don't have enough tests. Oh, now you're going, we got the episode and we got to record. And you are like, let's go. I have some questions. I want to go over it with you. Now, I'm hearing the world is going to end. My world's going to end. I'm old. I might as well just die now. Uh-huh. I mean, just send me off. This is it. We have not seen anything like this in 100 years. Okay, so then I come in and say, let's record the podcast. And then you're like, record the podcast. Do you know the world is ending? And then I'm like, why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? You guys, my mom turned into, if the Botox didn't happen in her forehead, she would have had so much wrinkles. But you know what's so funny? <laughs> Seeing a woman have who has Botox get angry because nothing, no wrinkles happen. The <laughs> eyebrows lifted, but no wrinkles. It was like this. It was like a sheet, like this. Dara! It was so scary. She's and now also, by the way, she's peeing. Because in my family, when you yell, you also are somehow peeing on the toilet. That's Dory out of the world and now care about your stupid podcast. Okay, so now I'm crying and I'm like, fuck you, you're and she goes, now fuck you. So now she, she's she's now she's dripping pee because she's trying to yell at me. Also pulling up her pants, but can't make doesn't make a wrinkle. You don't know what's going on. My business is in failure. Your sister's in Aspen skiing. She doesn't even know what the hell's going on. She's under a rock under some ski school. And then we start crying, fighting. And five minutes later, then we're recording with Kenny. So you guys, when people say this podcast, this podcast is Got it really, from my mama. This podcast is really the unedited phone calls and family dinners you have with your mom, but with two microphones. Because we really give you what it's like to have a real mother-daughter relationship. Five seconds you're fighting, the next five seconds you're laughing. Or I'm trying to figure out. Or we're out. recording. Or we're making a business together. And we're making some money. Anyway. Click. Click. Cheers to that. Well, yeah. guys, I'm so anyway, excited to get cheers. into the episode. Can I go like this? Yes. Anyway, I cannot wait. I'm crying from telling the doorman my story of you with the coronavirus. Oh anyway, Kenny, I love you. I want to give him a shout out and thank him. And listen, if you haven't watched Love is Blind, get on it right away. Yes. And Tori, also on Netflix now, streaming Netflix. live. And guys, don't forget to keep rate, rate and reviewing review. the podcast. Tag Take us a snapshot of tag us. I got it from my mama podcast. Tag us on our Instagram. Tag our personal accounts. Tori. Piskin and Lulu Piskin. All right, guys, let's get into the episode. Bye. All right. Woo! Okay, here we are, Lulu. Oh, my God, Tori. And welcome to Got It From My Mama. Oh, yes, you certainly did. A podcast where I talk to my mom about everything I would or wouldn't want to talk to my own mom about. Or fight with your mom. We did have a fight before. everything you would like to. This is an exciting, exciting episode with an exciting guest, this Tori Piskin. This is really amazing. I let's am introduce a- him. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> well, I am really excited to introduce him. I have been a fan of this show. I think since it first came out, like I felt like I was one of the pioneers of the people to become obsessed with this show. Um, yeah. I hear, have here Kenny Barnes from Love is Blind. Yeah, Welcome. Kenny. I mean, he's here via um, FaceTime, but we feel like he's here with us. Yes, definitely. Can we get right to the first question? Yes. How the hell... Did you get on this show? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I actually enjoy answering that. Um, 
it, it's funny. So I had been traveling a lot for work, and this is going back to almost, I'd say, two and a half years ago when the casting began for the show. And I had not seen my closest friends and family probably on and off for, I'd say, three weeks. I'd been just on the road, and I was traveling during the week for work. And then for weekends, I was just busy getting caught up. And so I feel my phone buzz when I thought. It was like 9.30 at night on a Thursday. And my current roommate and best friend, Mitch, uh, who actually just got engaged, by the way. So shout out oh, to Mitch and yay, Ashley. Yay, Mitch. <laughs> shout out. Congratulations, yeah, Mitch. Just a, just a, a little, Good little news in this world. Out. I like that. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal people. I'm very blessed to have them in my life. But uh, yeah, either way, it was one of those, like, I'm sitting there 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 at the office. had gone just kind of on like a work bender. And I was just trying to get stuff in order for the next day to close out the week. My phone vibrates, and I just kind of look at it, and it's an email, and it's a casting call for the real world. Oh, the real world. Oh. My buddy Mitch, yeah. And so I look at it like we all do, right? If you just get, like, spam on your phone, whatever, I look at it, put it back down. I'm like, all right, let's get back so to work. So were you part of, like, like, a website to look for reality shows, or it just literally was a spam? Zero involvement. Uh, never, Never solicited this, never looked for this. Uh, I actually had just gotten out of a relationship, I'd say about nine months prior, 10 months prior, okay. and have been completely focused on just let's let's realign myself, let's figure out, like, hey, let's get back to my values. Uh, you know, it's cliche to say, like, be career motivated and oriented, but I, I very much was just focused on bettering myself, right? And uh, my friends, you know, they know that that's the kind of the tact I take day in and day out, but especially in that kind of 10-month frame, I didn't really focus on much. I got together with them, hung out, but was really taking life seriously, trying to be healthier um, from a holistic, but also just a lifestyle perspective. So what did the email say again? Yeah. So the email was actually casting for the real world. And I looked at it and just kind of like internally just, you know, shrugged my shoulders, like, ah, whatever, put it back down. And so then I get a text from Mitch following up saying, hey, like, did you get my email? And then, yeah, I looked at the text even. I was like, I don't even want to talk about this right now. Like, I don't have time for this. Wow. I want to get this. I want to eat, right? Like, I just want to get get out of the office and come home, eat some dinner, go to bed. And uh, I sat there and just kind of had one of those epiphanies. I was like, all right, what's five minutes of my time, right? Yeah. So I I fill out this, you know, casting call, uh, put my information in, you know, send the email back, uh, you know, and basically it was just like, yeah, I'm not going to hear anything from this. Let's move on. And if it wasn't, Five minutes later, it was six minutes later. Like it was very quick that my phone vibrated again. And it was an email response from the casting call director, and she quickly just you know addressed it like, "Hey, like you know this this has already been filled, but if you don't mind me sharing your contact information, I really think like you'd be a great fit for one of my friends who's casting for another show." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Yeah, like go ahead, share my information." Didn't think twice about it. Didn't ever expect anything to come from it, and then. 10 minutes later, I get a call and it's an LA uh, area code. And yeah, I answer it and it is the cast call director for you know, one of them for Love is Blind. And right. didn't know anything about the show, right? I mean, it's just right, of this course. LA, it's you know, roughly six o'clock their time. You know, I'm, I'm at the office, it's late at night, East Coast. And we probably talked for like 15 minutes. She gave me a quick rundown of, you know, we're, we're really getting to the final uh, you know, rounds of casting. I'd love to put you up at the at the top of the pack. I think you'd be a great fit just from your personality. And again, like she literally looked at my Instagram for all of like five minutes. You're kidding. And but like do you think she was full of shit? Like it well, like you think she was telling this to twenty thousand <laughs> other guys? 
Oh, of course I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I didn't tell her that just, you know, again, I got, I'm, I'm respectful, but I just kind of like, I heard what she had to say and, and I was polite about it. And I just really, I didn't put much stock into it. Right. It just, I moved on. I agreed that, yep, sure. Stay in contact. Uh, you know, if, if something comes up, please let me know. Did she tell but you like what the concept of the show was going to be? She was very vague, um, with, with the concept of the show initially. And quite honestly, Part of me believes, and this is just from what I've talked to other cast members about, part of it seems like it was scripted that way. And then the other part of me thinks that they really hadn't even identified truly what it was going to be. I was going to say right. maybe they didn't even know. I, I really think that that is probably the case. I think the latter is the case. Either way, I guess at this point it doesn't matter because we all know what happened. Right, but, right, right. Um, yeah, like I, I didn't know really you know, what to think about at the time. So you really and, thought, oh my, forget it. This is ri- I'm just going to ride this little ride right now. And this is just like ridiculous, but yeah. why not? What the hell? Yeah, exactly. So again, it was just, it was that five minute you know, moment of, you know, what's it worth, right? Like what, what's the risk? I, I got nothing to lose. Nothing. So I, 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 you know, basically verbally committed to you, you go ahead, you, you go through whatever you got to do on your end. If, if, if it actually makes sense for you guys, you know, feel free to reach back out and then we can proceed from there. And that was really it. And it was radio silence. I'd say for about, I'd say at least a two or three week period. Really? I didn't hear anything. So I'd almost forgotten about it. So how did it then go from you getting the phone call, being like you got picked, to then going on the show and filming? Well, he said he waited three weeks. No, but then after the, next the three one. weeks, you got. Yeah. So I'll. So this is just a quick aside. I'll let you all vet through my answer and see if it <laughs> anyway, anyway, you know, is you know, I guess contradicts what Netflix has directed me to do. Like not to give too much insight to how they selected us, but. I will say that it was a pretty rigorous um, process from oh, really? the moment I got another call. Oh, uh, wait, they, sorry, you it, broke up a little from the moment you got the other call. So from the moment we got the follow up, uh, it was pretty rigorous and very intensive as far as their um, background investigation. Huh. So they, they did a professional background search. Uh, we actually had to go and do a psychological evaluation. Wow. Uh, uh, that took about, and again, like I had never done any of these things, right. but. It was always like a call and then, hey, by the way, this is already scheduled tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like I'm a busy guy like most people are. Well, you're working. You have a full-time job. Working, you're in sales, yeah. I, I read. Exactly, yeah. And so you know, like, I've got client appointments. I've got you know, project meetings. I've got site visits already scheduled. And it was one of those, well, I guess I can work it around. right? Like, you just kind of make right. time for the thing. Right? And at you this point – are you telling other people like, oh, I'm going to be on this reality show? You signed like a non well, – he didn't really 100% not. Had not signed an NDA because I wasn't selected yet, right? So I'm still going through the vetting process and I told no one because I know and I've learned as I've grown up, it's like the less you tell, right, the better off you're going to be because if you hype something up and then people find out like, oh, well, nothing happened of it, well, then you look like a fool. Right. So this in particular because it's not to my character, it's really just not – you. Know, what I usually do is like, you know, it's not your career, really. It's not my career, right? right? So like nothing that I would pursue on a regular basis. So if I told my friends, number one, they'd be like, I would be suspect to their judgment. <laughs> like, what, like, what are you doing? Like reality TV star? Like, what are, what are you trying to do? Right. Yeah. It's so far fetched, uh, right? Yep. So I, I kept it very, uh, you know, under, under wraps and would go to these meetings, didn't tell coworkers, right? Oh, so like you I had, just, you had a bunch of meetings. Yeah, yeah. No, we at work, he said, at work. Oh, at work, yeah. yeah. I had work meetings, but I'd fit it in, right? So anytime I had to go do like the They were like, he's going to a lot of doctor's appointments. <laughs> yeah, well, it just, well, you know, the fortunate thing is, is I had the leeway to create my schedule. So I would just 
kind of shuffle stuff around and still, as long as I took care of you know my obligations and commitment to the agency I was working for at the time, I felt like it was fine. You go through all of this suspect, you like, it's like the FBI, right? They're getting you yeah. into the agency. Who told you we're going to cast you? So I actually got a call. This is actually a great part of the story. Um, after all the background checks, after the psychological evaluation, I'd say there was another two-week period of rate of silence. And I had had my, and this is my older sister, Lauren. Oh, her, that's my uh, name. There you go. Well, Lulu, we'll go ahead. Lulu, I'll, I'll call you Lulu. Yeah, um, call me Lulu. That, I call her Larlar. So, oh, know, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, but so it was probably two weeks since I heard anything back. And it was like, again, just I had not told anyone. So I didn't feel like any pressure to tell or give an update, which was probably for the better. Um, but yeah, I got a call four days before Lauren's 30th birthday trip that we had planned to go down to Key West. So, you know, I'd already taken, it was probably what Thursday, Friday had taken off. So it's going to be a four day, you know, extended weekend trip with the family. Younger sister was going to be there. My brother-in-law at the time and my mom and dad, and obviously my older sister, but like, it was just going to be a fun family trip. Still hadn't told anyone. Right. So I get a call that Wednesday night before we leave for Key West. And this is from my production manager. Uh, she basically was just out on, on a whim, called me and said, Hey, so uh, you want to shoot over some details to you? Uh, you know, and she starts talking. And I was like, Hold up. Like, so what does this mean? Like, am I, oh, she, oh you don't know? She's like, You, you got casted for the show. No. Uh, you, you that's how you and found out? That, that's that's so, how I found out. Very nonchalant, very casual. I don't and, think people get that part. And <clears throat> I would never assume that you would yeah. be casted in this Netflix show like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's really just like crazy. So when you mean like a manager. Totally, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So when you mean a manager for the production, for you, you mean there was a, a specific manager for each person that was casted? 100%. Yeah. So we had teams that were with us. I, I'd say I'd, I'd say that it's easily we had probably 30 dedicated team members with each of uh, the, the you know, couples, right? Wow. Yeah. So you at had a team 30. of 30 per couple. At least 30. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's just take a little break from the podcast to talk about self-care, okay? And I'm not talking about, like, face mask and bubble baths and talking to yourself in the mirror, which is all fine. I'm talking about vibrators, okay? So personally, I have never used a vibrator before. I mean, I'm 28 and a half because I don't know. I just never really thought to get one. And I was always like nervous because of like the stigma that went along with it. But so I just got the Empress and I have to say for my first time experience using a vibrator, it was like amazing and I'm never going back to not using one. So if you guys already have a vibrator or don't have one, I would say this is the one you should get. So the Empress is a pocket size vibrator with eight levels of new suction technology. Okay, now that thing can go fast, it can go slow. They also offer a six month warranty. So if something happens, you can send it in and they'll give you a replacement. Also, it's USB rechargeable, so it's very easy to charge. It's free express global shipping. Okay, so if you want to purchase the Empress, go to Vush Simulation and use our code PISKIN, P-I-S-K-I-N. Again, the code is PISKIN to purchase your Empress and get 65% off. So now take out your credit card and look at your coworkers 
and be like, what? I'm getting a vibrator. You should get one too. And then they'll be like, okay, thank you. Send me the link. So again, the code is Piskin. Um, I got to go because like I'm kind of getting excited just even thinking about my Empress. So why don't you guys go ahead and purchase it now? Wait, I want to oh ask. God. No, All right, there's go so many. Oh so my God. is there anything that was filmed that like didn't air that you wish aired? You know, the only thing that I wish you know, they could have done a, I wouldn't say better job of, I just wish that there was a little more transparency in was the communication, especially between the guys. Like there was a lot of camaraderie, I wouldn't say strategy, but just really just, you know, let's focus on a holistic approach that's going to allow us all to, you know, get the most in return from this experiment. Huh, right? You did not see that. You just don't see you it, know right? What? I think it's too nice. I think it would be like, like, like in a rea- like maybe in a reality show, they just don't want to see that. So you guys were all like really it. good friends, is what you're saying. We, we were all very close. Really? Yeah, that was something I, I, I can safely say that of the personalities that were in the final, let's say, you know, ten guys, ten women. Um, Matt Thomas, uh, who's probably one of the most eclectic personalities, and he actually really became a close friend of mine and still is today. Uh, he was pursuing uh, another woman on the show. Her name's Danielle. But he and Rory, who became very famous for being kind of like the the little boot on set, right? right? right. He always trying to guide you guys through, and he'd set you know, set aside time and, and talk through people's emotions. Uh, Rory's phenomenal as well. But there was so much camaraderie on our side, and I know just from what I've heard from the women's perspective, it was the same way over there. And, and that, to me alone, was such a special. Uh, bond that we all had and that's why we're still very we're very friendly with each other right that's so, if so we had nice met, yeah if we had not met through the experience like sorry the experiment we probably would have never been friends outside did you have like any like person on set because a producer is kind of like a therapist right like were you ever in the con- like the confession rooms being like i'm really connecting with this person but this person and then are you talking to the other guys because i know at one point you know yeah people are kind of starting to get interested in the same people. Yeah. So, you know, the, the scenes that were, you know, obviously produced, uh, and not to give, I guess, too much context into that, but or too much behind the scenes, but that was very therapeutic. So very yeah. much enjoyed that because it was almost like it allowed us to separate ourselves from being a part of the crew. Right. So you had all the guys and their own respective emotions but then everything that transpired during the day, you'd get removed, and then you'd go just one on one, right? With your, with your, and usually it was with your production manager and like so one you, camera guy and, and multiple cameras, right? So you, you were filmed from different angles, and you guys can see that that's been you know, obviously produced and shown. Um, but yeah, that was very therapeutic because it allowed you to just focus on how you're dealing with it. Wait, no, so no. there's one thing I wanted to know about the camera situation because every yeah. reality show is very different. Like <clears throat> when I think of Big Brother. I don't know if you know yep. that show on CBS. It's a bunch of people yep. in a house, and there's not a camera guy, fo- camera people following them around. It's just cameras um, through the wall. So with this show, it sometimes it looked like someone was following you around, or sometimes it looked like it was just in the wall. So were there camera guys, like, or camera girls? Were there camera people um, following you around, or was it mostly in the walls? Yeah. So so it was a combination. It was a hybrid. So you they they had camera systems that were on motorized runners above um and so the sets actually you know designed to where basically there was not one inch of surface area right or spatial area that would not be able to be filmed right uh, and you know to answer your question too is like do you ever get nervous about it 
I'd say you know, the first time we stepped onto the, the guy's side of the set and then we had the introduction with Nick and Vanessa, that was all just an inrush of emotion, of anxiety, of the unknown, right? Like, okay, so this is real, right? Like, we're, we're all dressed up. They're asking us questions. They're presenting. You know, and you're with the two of them who are very famous. Exactly, yeah. And, and honestly, we didn't know that they were going to be the hosts until the day before. No, so really? I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I get starstruck, but when you are, but who wouldn't be subject? Yeah, like you're the subject, right? You're you're part of the cast of the show, and now they're talking with you, kind of talking you know, at you and explaining this is the concept of the show. This is what you're about to go through. Oh, so at this point, you still don't even really know what the show is. We we didn't fully grasp it, right? Like we had our itinerary. We we knew that we were going to be on blind speed. Crazy. Days. We knew that, right? Like, and we we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Obviously, we all signed the contract. Uh, there's nothing that I did that, you know, I felt like was against what they had, you know, I guess presented to us. Mm -hmm. So at that point, did they tell you you're going to be not seeing the person you're trying to date? Well, I think that the the better way to present it is they got very descriptive with how that was going to take place. Right. So now we know that there's dating bots. You know, that was the first time they referenced, you know, from my recollection, dating pods and you explain what the dating pod is and that there's how did they explain it to you and that there's soundproof yeah like so you go through that door right if if i'll do my best uh vanessa impersonation (laughs) yeah beyond that door are are 10 dating pods and in each pod there's cameras and audio system and that's where you can you date the women that are on the other side of the wall and where you can you know hopefully forge a relationship that's strong enough that's going to compel you to get engaged sight unseen right that is that is the moment, and that was the first day on set, that it was fully explained and addressed. Like this So is how crazy the- that before that, <clears throat> you didn't really know what you were doing. Correct. But it was you designed- were willing to take the journey to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they also saw in, saw in you amongst many other things. I mean, I could definitely see why you were cast, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that you can just jump in and, and make the most of it. And that, that really was just that... that defining moment for all of us that were there and you there were there's a lot of outlets that have already you know, announced this but yeah it was 15 men 15 women initially and uh you know it dwindled down but that first day you talk about inrush of emotion finally figuring out a, a true I- idea of what's about to take place and then we had 15 blind speed dates so you how going, long do they actually last for because obviously with the editing you know yeah yeah so I mean, and did you ever like ring a bell being like, I'm speak, done? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't speak to the timeline um, just cause I know it's given too much context, but just know, like just, you can do the simple math. I mean, if there's 15 speed dates in one day. And what are your hours? Well, we, we filmed a long time. Okay. I can like say 12 that. okay. Long time. It, so let's just say that this amongst all the physical training I've done I've, I've done the beast Spartan race right that's 15 miles out in Montana uh, you know I've, I've swam uh, you know multiple miles in, in open water uh, so I've you're done, a real athlete I've done sprint, an yeah, extreme I've done sports athletes yeah like in you know I get that from my mom uh, you know my dad's very athletic as really, well your mom. Like, yeah, so my, my mom played field hockey growing up she's always a swimmer uh, Actually, all three of the Barnes siblings were collegiate athletes. So both my sisters swam collegiately. Oh, so you even, uh, you know, that's a, a real discipline also to take you through the trenches to do this. Sure. 
Yep. And so that's where I kind of go back to a lot of, you know, my foundation, which, you know, to get we're all through this. Yeah. To get through it. I, I leaned heavily on that. Yeah. Uh, just to keep, keep myself mentally well, it's a lot sharp. of discipline. Yeah. Well, it's so much so that, you know, we were filming such long hours, you know, stress gets to everyone different ways. And so everyone has a different way to filter through that. And I internalize a lot of things. I'm very introspective. And so in that environment, especially, I knew it's like if, if I'm going to be you know on my best behavior, quote unquote, or, you know, to approach this the best way I can, I, I kind of just locked everything in. And I was like, you know, I, I want to wake up, do some like, you know, do some sprints outside. Right. Uh, and we had early starts and late finishes. So like so, what st- time would you start in the morning? Yeah. So we were usually up. And camera ready at seven seven fifteen a.m. Okay. And, you know there there are times where and I know this has been documented. There are times where we'd film uh, you know late in the morning, right? Oh, it's really? like so you know the turnaround time was just you know we're all all of our obligations are gone, right? So you have to you have to put yourself in that position where you, whether you're on vacation or some of us even left their jobs, all your commitments don't matter at that point. Well, you're, I was going to ask you, you so how long was this process? So, so that process was 12 days. 12 so I, days. Okay. I know that's been documented. Yeah. So 12 days of the so almost dating. two weeks. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, we, we did our best to get through it, but it was a rigorous process. And, and that was going back to just all the things I've done. This was the most psychologically, emotionally, and physically draining wow. experience that I've ever gone through. Really? And, Hands down, and I'd say just the first 12 days, I would put that up against anything else. It would supersede anything else. Uh, but then obviously as it you know progressed into the romantic getaway in Cancun to then coming back home, you know, I, I've heard some other contestants, not contestants, I've heard some other cast members explain it this way. It's like it almost seemed like the, the experiment was multifaceted. Yeah. It was like there were phases to it. And, and it's natural to say, like, if you looked at it on paper, like, yeah, you have the dating phase and you got the romantic getaway phase and you have the back to reality phase, but they could have made three separate shows just from that. You know, it could right. have been a, it could have been a love is blind dating series in the pods. And then it could have been a, here's strangers going on vacation together. Let's see what happens. And then, Hey, this is how strangers live together, right? In an apartment that they're you know forced to live in together and figure out how their daily routines align. It right? actually I mean, sounds like it could be incredibly stressful. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, was very, it was very stressful. Yeah. So, wait, one thing so I want many things I know, there's to so many ask. Yeah. So, I guess, like, with, you know, like, dating in the pods and then dating in real life, like, when you ended up picking Kelly, or not picking Kelly, like, you know, ask proposing to Kelly, yeah. were there things, did you have, like, a list of things you wanted in a girl before you met Kelly, and did she meet those things, or were you really, like, I just feel like I'm vibing with her? Like, how did you know that you were going with Kelly and feeling Kelly when you couldn't see her was she the things on paper you've been looking for or was it just amazing banter yeah well you know I appreciate the last comment uh we we had we we had a lot of similarities uh one of the things that struck me about Kelly was she was just very calming um but just to speak about what my takeaways have been and then trying to go back to where I was at and this is almost two years ago is oh it was almost two years ago yeah. Well, yeah. Think about it. Yeah, filming Whoa. was October 2018. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been. That's why you're some... smiling now. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, you know, I, I smile most of the time. I'm a pretty, pretty happy, even keel guy. I try to stay positive. A lot of my friends are like you're just you're so positive, so optimistic. I'm like, yes and no. Like you know, I've got my bad days too, but right. I just 
try not to let the little things, whether it's pettiness or you, know, you name it, just get to me because it can. And I'm not going to play pretend like, oh, I've got this perfect approach to life. Like I got days where, you know, if, if someone's annoying me, if it's road rage with someone that's honking at you, <laughs> it's like we all, we all deal with it differently. But yeah, it's like I'll, just, I'll look at people. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, come, like right. the world's bigger than this. Like good, you got bigger good attitude. problems. Your mom yeah. did a good job. Mom and dad did a great job. Yeah, but and, and it, it was not easy for them. I, I could say that. Yeah, I want to get. There were three, three of you, right? Yeah, and I was. I'm the middle, so I'm the only. I'm the only guy. Wow. Uh, younger sister, which also I think is a benefit to me, uh, just because being in the middle of two siblings, but yet let alone two sisters, right. I have to be very sensitive. I have to be very cautious with how I present things usually was like the cohesive element in the family, even though I kind of sat back and let things You unfold. grew up around a woman, a lot of emotion. Yeah. So, so Wait, yeah, let's go back, back to Because I so want to talk about Kelly. your parents and how they yes. felt. Well, I'm going to go back to Kelly. No, no, I don't. I'm okay. just saying I want to, yeah, let's get yeah. to. So go back. So Kelly, so now she's a calming influence. You do not see yeah. her, obviously. Yeah. So was that, I would think that would be very nerve wracking. That I know the idea of the show is not yeah. to see her. Yeah, it, it was very nerve wracking, and, and the best way I can explain it is, you know, you take the visual uh, out of the out of the equation, and you know, let alone we take the visual out of the equation of the person you're talking with, you're building strictly just a verbal and emotional connection with them. But you have to remember, all of us were stripped away again with our sphere of influence. So we were able to have very candid, very fluid conversations for a set period of time with no distractions. Mm. So a lot of it, as much as, as we were connecting, has to do with just as much, we, it was uninterrupted you know, communication. Right. So, you know, we, and no we stress in the world, no, nothing yeah, to touch you. Exactly. Right. So we, we naturally gravitated to, okay, number one, it's just nice to have that outlet to someone else that's going through the experiment. But now it's like if you can have, have have some you know common ground and you can find some you know, topics that you, you both appreciate and you're interested in, it's kind of you know it's understandable that we you know we're like well you know what like I've never had this this conversation right to this degree with anyone else and so the value of that person becomes heightened, um, and especially that you're on a TV show. Well, I would because, think that would amp it up a lot more. Exactly, and so that's the whole thing is like understanding the environment that we are in. That's why it was so, I'd say, heightened. Uh, the emotions were you know, right. so high um, and it allowed us to gravitate towards people a lot quicker because you know, we as human beings, we want to feel supported, right? And so when you are basically, whether you want to admit it or not, you feel like you're alone, you want someone else to be there for you. You want someone else to have your back. Listen, and- everyone wants somebody and that isn't that the concept of all these shows, right? Exactly. Of finding yeah. love, whether you know you're seeing them, you're not seeing them. You're the bachelor with 15 screaming girls. Um, so but, besides Kelly's like calm feeling, exterior, yeah. What else did you or intrinsic, you know, feeling you got from her? What other feelings did you have that you were like, oh, this is something I've been looking for? I, I would say just the fact that she genuinely um, cared about. The, you know, my past experiences, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we talked about just from past relationships that obviously they couldn't, you know, produce. Uh, it, it would be impossible. I mean, cause it's not the Kelly and Kenny show, right? It's right. not, the, not the Damien and Gigi show. It's not the Lauren and Cameron show. Although that I, I love all of them. But they're, you they're got all, a lot of time. I mean, but it's still. just a lot of time. Yes. And, and that's just us, right? You know, 
again, like I, I use the word remiss, but like I would be remiss to not mention that there were so many other people that were having very uh, productive and, and I'd say entertaining conversations and informing relationships that you never even saw. Right. Oh, and, interesting. And it's, it's no fault to anyone. It's just, you know, you've got to take what content you can get. And, and they picked the couples that they felt like you know, would be the best stories to tell. And then they told the stories to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess. So, so there were more people that left engaged that we didn't see. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's been documented. Yeah. So I have no all right, so now obviously the wall opens. That must have been really like I, I mean, I was like having a breakdown. I was drinking wine during that. So yeah. what what kind of emotions must run through your body during that time? Well, before we or get your to, mind, or your mind. Before we get to the reveal, uh, and this this has been I think also documented is that you know, Kelly and I were on a very, you know, we had a very clear understanding that we were, you know, very committed to the experiment, right? But I would say that yes, you know, we wanted to stay committed to each other. We wanted to stay committed to the experiment. But we both knew, even like during the engagement process, like we we genuinely cared for each other. We used the term, you know, love, but it was love in that environment. And yeah. I know it's tough to explain that. And a quick aside is like it allowed me to look back on the experiment, let alone now it's been released for the whole world to see, is that we oftentimes within society overuse words, right? Because it's like almost out of convenience, almost out of courtesy before truly understanding what that means, right? It's just, uh, oh, well, that's, you know, whether you've been dating for two months or I feel connected to you and then this is just what I feel like I need to tell you. And a lot of that had to do with just I wanted to say whatever I could say that was comforting, right? And like reassuring for what in actuality was just a very chaotic and surreal experience. It must have been right. Right, right. So you both had that understanding with each other. Like you're saying the word love, but at the end of the day, like, you know, this is reality. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so that's where, you know, obviously you would never know what's going on inside her head. You never go what's going on inside my head. But I am a feeler through and through. So like I'm a person that I have no problem if I feel comfortable with someone, whether it's a, a good friend of mine, best friend, or or love interest, is like I'll speak it and then I, I basically make my decision of what's received, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I can I can get a better sense of how that person's vibing with me. And I've done that in past relationships too. So I just want to set the record record straight that's like, you know, I learned that using the you know, word love and the term love, you know, if you use it recklessly or improperly, it could be detrimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure that when you do say that, introduce it in a relationship, it's got to be significant. Right? Well, do you got, think that was uh, a big takeaway for you? It was a huge takeaway. You know, as you me. walk, because that's what it sounds like. You yeah. walked away from this show or yeah. your relationship going, wait a minute, you know, there's an, a different way I might use love next time. Oh, that and then so many others. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what are some things you – because you are in a relationship now, right? I am. am. See, Tori knew this. And so what are some things – because while I was watching the show, like, I'm single and I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, in the past, like, year, these guys I've dated, which one would I bond with in the pods? Because, you know, it's all – it's really – because you're not seeing them, so there's no, like, physical attraction built yet. So but what it's are kind of like if you're on your apps, story. right? It's like you're on the, well, and you're deep, and you're, yeah, but you can hear their voice, so it's a little different, right? Sure. But what are some things you took um, from the pods, like, 
anything that you're like, oh, that was really good. I should try doing that in real life dating. Because then you, after <clears throat> things didn't work out with you and Kelly, you were then, or were you still dating through that whole year until it aired? So we actually didn't date after filming ended. Oh, really? Uh, and, no, I mean uh, you personally. You couldn't date other oh, people? Oh, so I guess I'll address the, yeah, Kelly and I didn't date from the last day of filming. Um, but oh, then I personally, yeah, and then I personally didn't didn't start dating for quite some time after the show you know ended. And you know where I ended things with Kelly was it's really not as much of a personal thing as much as it was. I realized that you know you are not the one for me, and there's no love loss. Obviously, we needed to get through the experiment together just because we had that obligation. And you know. We we did the best we could. But right? at the yeah, we, wedding, it must have been. It, it looked like were, it was incredibly say, uncomfortable. Okay, mm. It looked like it was incredibly uncomfortable. Was it? Am I assuming right? Yeah, it, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, had your parents uh, there? I mean, she's got her parents. It's yeah. it's kind of like a real wedding, but yet it's this reality show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it's it, it's so bizarre, and even now, tell you know, talking to you guys because I go right back you know, there, uh, to the best that I can. And yeah, I mean, I, I said it and obviously they had to cut some of what my speech was, but it very much was consistent with what my message was. And, uh, that was not a scripted, you know, oh, really? they, yeah, the excerpt to the crowd. I had an idea that, you know, Hey, I'm going to have to address these people. That was not something that, you know, anyone told me, uh, a reference that I can make is that, you know, Mark just walked away from the altar. Right? right. So I just, because of how serious I took the experiment and I knew that what we were doing was going to be a positive either way. Right. So even though in that moment, mm -hmm. very stressful, you know, that was the 40, what 45th, 46th day of filming. Uh, Whoa. This, it was just the culminate culmination of everything. And it was, I'm very fortunate that they showed this, but you know, I'm addressing her side of the family, her friends, and I'm addressing my friends, my family, looking at my mom, looking at my dad, talking with my mom throughout the day, right? So, I mean, this is a whole day affair. And, oh, you so know, you were talking with your mom throughout the whole day, even off yeah, camera? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had them, you know, where your they could poor just... mom. <laughs> yeah. I'm like this quite, poor woman. Oh, wait. Hold quite, on. Sorry, quite, we lost you. Say that again? No, I was going to say, like, you know, quite frankly, that that's really the, the best way that I could explain how I was feeling was I just, I kind of felt guilty mm -hmm. uh, to have taken those people's time out of their lives. Oh, and it, it made you really appreciate, number one, the support that both Kelly and I had. Um, and then again, personally, just the support that blindly all my friends and family, regardless of what they knew, right, regardless of the context they had of the situation, even though even though I knew that they were going to find out in a very short period of time afterwards, mm -hmm. um, I just felt bad, right? It's like, you know, life's not about any single one of us. Uh, and in that moment, I just felt compelled to share that with them. And, you know, the big picture was, yes, this is not Kelly and I's day, but the takeaways that we're going to have from this moving forward and the takeaways, hopefully, that the crowd could have from it of witnessing two people commit themselves to an initiative you know, the takeaway for that is, you know, imagine what you could do if you truly commit yourself to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And how uh, do you know, like, how do you know who's going to say yes or no first? Like, did they tell you before? Okay, when you walked down the aisle, Kelly, you yeah. have your answer first, or Kenny, you have your answer first. 
man, I, I really wish I could tell y'all. I'd probably like tell y'all offline. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, that was not something that was presented to us. So it was definitely traditional in the format of starting with the, with the, uh, the bride to be. The bride to be. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so before you walk down the aisle, did you even, were you like, this is my decision even, cause you said, we didn't really know what you said. Or did we? Now I'm forgetting. So there's, there's been some outlets that have mentioned that I said I do. And I would like to clarify that because even when I met with my groomsmen, which happened to be my brother-in-law uh, and then two of my best friends, well, actually, sorry, three of my best friends, um, all I said was, you know, Kelly and I really appreciated the journey. We're very much committed to this experiment. Uh, and we both know what you know today holds. So there's optimism there, mm-hmm. uh, but that was just me being optimistic and being positive. And you were just thanking everyone. And I'm just thanking them for being there. For their there, time, right? right, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't in any way intended to say like, oh, see, like Kenny feels a different way about getting married. You know, right. Kelly and I were never going to get married. Never going to get so married. So you were never oh, going to so get married. Oh, so you discussed that. Yeah, that was discussed. But yeah. Like I read that actually. When did you talk no. to her about, when did you guys have the conversation like, I don't think this is so. No one was really blindsiding at the altar, besides maybe no Gigi. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I can speak about any okay. of the other members, and I definitely have my opinions uh, about how I think things transpired. But that's a takeaway that I've learned also, and just you know, call it maturity, call it just living life. Is mm-hmm. we see a lot of stuff on a day to day basis in the real world. And unless you know every single detail and you've talked to person A and person B, it's it's kind of reckless uh, to speak about it, right? So what was um, you and Kelly's conversation <clears throat> and how many days prior to the actual wedding where you decided that, okay, this has been like a great journey, but I just don't think we're right for each other? I'd say the 100% no not getting married was – quickly after we got back from Cancun. Okay. So it was quick. Yeah. So, so you knew. Sorry. Yeah. We, we knew. You knew. It was never, ne- yeah. Ma- marriage was never going to be something that we entertained. Uh, and just to give as much context as I can give to, you know, I guess explain why my reaction to it was my reaction. Uh-huh. It, it really was a genuine uh, address of the crowd but it was a genuine, you know, I guess, address to an expression of my feelings. Mm-hmm. And it was stressful and it was emotional. And everything, you know, under that umbrella existed in that moment. And let alone, we've been comfortable with all the cameras around us. But this is all being, you know, captured. So, right. like, I just, I knew walking down the aisle with my mom, I know what's about to happen. But just the, I guess the act of going through with that, because we all grow up with some type of, and I'd say, you know, it's more documented as women talk about, you know, I envision my wedding day. Yes. Look like, but men do it too. And I have no problem admitting that. And like, yeah, I've had some ideas of like, yeah, this is what's going to be like. Well, like, I, I think the, the and, it had to be like, it's just that moment that you're walking yeah. down the aisle. Knowing and, it's not going to actually yeah, happen. And, no, but, and it's, it's, is a wedding, right? For all intents and purposes. Correct. But you're going, but I'm not going to follow through with this. Correct. And it had to be very surreal, I would think, for you. And maybe upsetting, too. It, it, it's upsetting. Uh, and again, it just, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a very upsetting moment, very emotional, uh, very stressful, a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, and granted, no one in the crowd knew. 
right. was going to ask that. Did your so your mom walking down the aisle? Did she really think you're going to say yes, or did you have a side conversation with her? Yeah, we you know we we weren't allowed to tell anyone. So you know that's that's the thing is like that's where the when I reference guilt, yeah, they know me, so I'm sure that they probably had an idea that it wasn't going to be you know that day, right? But they didn't know definitively, and so that's where again it's like the the speculation, the skepticism. You know, hey, like they're observing you know, our interactions. Yeah, Kelly and I were compatible. We made the most of it. We were very cordial, very friendly throughout. Uh, but you know, we both knew that we weren't getting married, and at least that alone, you know, helped us get to that point. But it didn't change that moment, right? right. So being in front of there, being within you know that environment with our friends, with our family, uh, you know, she actually had uh, you know past exes in the crowd too. I mean, oh just, no, stop you, it. You Compiling, you start compiling all that, and it's just uh, it's a little surreal. Yeah, that, you already, that's you yeah. The world. But it very much is as surreal as surreal gets, um, and that's why I knew. And this is the night before where I had just kind of written down some thoughts of like, what would you say in that moment? And I kind of contemplated like, well, like let's say in the real world that I was told no, and I had no idea. Right? Could you imagine? Oh. Right. But I tried to imagine that, right? Oh, I, I, I tried to envision that, and that helped me get through it, and it helped me write you know, my feelings of what that moment would be like. And so I definitely referenced some of that. Um, but again, like I'm not an actor. Right, I don't right. Do, right. I don't That's do so true. Right. I don't do screenwriting. And so for that, like I'm very, very thankful that I was in that headspace at the time. Uh, you know, that's where I kind of go back to day two. I, I made it a you know, kind of concerted internal uh, commitment to myself that's like, if you're going to get through this, you've got to be you, you've got to show you, uh, you've got to be on your best behavior and you've got to be... Right, you committed on, to the whole process. You've got to okay. be 100% involved, otherwise you're going to get lost in it. How did your mom feel about this whole thing? <laughs> I mean, I really, like I'm trying to imagine well, being your mom. I don't have a son. Yeah. But... I would be really, I think, nervous. You know, I have a grandson, and I'm trying to imagine, like, <laughs> like even, like, years and years later he does this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I, it's so surreal and so hard for me to imagine how a mom would feel. Or your yeah. sisters. Oh, let's start with mom. So, <laughs> but Your parents got married, like, didn't they get married very quickly and met quickly? They got married very quickly and met quickly. That was accurate. Um, and that, you know, how, how many weeks or months was that? Tell us again. Uh, from meeting to getting engaged was four months. Wow. And they were engaged for, I think, uh, 10 months, maybe a year. Oh, so but you were engaged together, a year. But, but all together, yeah. I mean, it was pretty quick for them getting engaged and then they got married you know, shortly after that. But, and it worked. Uh, they, they, were very, they were very supportive of, you know, I guess the dynamic of what we were going through the process in uh, of the process. Yep. And you know, I guess the best takeaway was we all appreciate our parents, right? Like Tori, you appreciate your mom. Right. You say we, Here we are, <laughs> but we continue as we've gotten older and, and you're, you're the same way, right? So you, you as an individual have learned and it's based off of your experiences. And I've always felt like I've, I've appreciated my parents. I've told them how I feel, uh, again, we've already touched base on that. Like, I very much am a feeler. I'm very much a communicator. Um, but it was through this process that I truly had a, a firm understanding of how much my parents support me and yeah. how support me regardless of what I'm doing. And a lot of times, Tori, and you can probably think about this too, it's like your parents say, oh, yeah, we support you. But we kind of know that you don't, right? right. Like, <laughs> you say you're going to do something, but it's like, yeah, like you really don't. 
They really do. Um, and you know, they might have their opinions, but the opinions are going to be superseded by the fact that they want us to be happy. And they also realize that as they got older, if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. Right. And it's not saying fail to succeed. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, that's, that's one of my takeaways of not only of how I needed to, you know, mature as an individual, but that's a takeaway that I'm going to apply the rest of my life, right? Like when I'm a husband, uh, when I'm a father, it's just, you know, be a little more lenient of allowing not only your spouse, but also your kids to, to make their decisions. I want to hear, so what was dating like after the show? You said you didn't date for a little bit. You were just emotionally drained. Yeah. Yeah. I, so quite honestly, I only went on two Bumble dates. Wow. Um, and that was probably, I'd say, six months after filming. Now, did uh, they know who you were? No, at that point, it didn't yeah. air, right? Oh, it didn't air. Was, right, right. I was, right. Just, uh, I was just me. I, I'm still just me. Right. Um, and do you, tell, do you tell these girls, like, I mean, even though, are they, so they're first dates? Are you telling the first dates, Bumble girls, like, oh, first letting date. you know I was also on this reality show? Not, not a chance. Not, not a chance. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah, not, not a chance. Uh, you know, it's already tough enough to date people nowadays. Uh, so no, right. I, you know, per- perception's law. Uh, you know, some people say perception's like nine cents of law. Perception is reality. So you, you open up in some shape or fashion within what, the first 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or even you close a date out with, oh, hey, by the way, I was on this you know, blind speed dating show that may or may not be on Netflix. <laughs> How do you about that you want to have a follow-up date and right and just to be frank about it you know that's not what i was looking for whether it was a positive or negative response to it because we live in a day and age where there's just as many people if not more and this is from a guy's perspective where if i had said that i might get a disingenuous uh attraction from the other person right right a, a woman would have actually maybe been interested because maybe there's self-gain for them like that yes. was a that was a legitimate consideration of mine when huh. i thought about bringing it up as just a conversation point. And I was like, you know well, what? It would be like, hard not to in a way. That's been your experience. To. Yeah, t- tough not to. But at the same time, and this is just something I've always applied is, you know, if it's nothing else that anyone else went through, you're almost going down a can of worms and a rabbit hole where there's no end. Right. Uh, to sit back and what you're going to sit and have to explain every single detail to that person. And they're still most likely not going to truly grasp it. So it's like, it's better off. Like, what's the song? Like, you know, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Like in that case, I felt like I was just doing better by just not talking about it. I could totally understand that. And wait, I wanted to know, like, so is there anything you learned in the pod that you took Mm -hmm. out when you did start dating or you could recommend to people that are single? Because we have a lot of single listeners. Yeah. So of all the takeaways, I think the biggest one is having pause in conversation uh, I think that we oftentimes, and heck, I mean, we, we've done it just on this uh, podcast interview. It's like we have ideas that come up and it's because we obviously aren't sitting in front of each other, but we also get distracted by other things. In the pods, I, I found out that it's like if you can have pause in conversation, uh, truly hear someone out, and if you didn't understand it, at least you gave them that kind of silence to then go back to that thought to then present it. Because oftentimes we just have fluid conversation. You guys are great conversationalists. I feel like it's pretty easy for me to carry a conversation as well. But sometimes it's a little superficial because you're just kind of going through with it, right? Whereas in the pods, it's like, well, we got no distractions. If I didn't really understand something that they were trying to convey, you know, we'd circle back to it. Like, oh, like, let's go back to that. 
and because you you were able to identify that and so that was one of the the best takeaways i had and if, if anyone can take that and apply it to a relationship is is have true consideration of like when you when someone's telling you something you don't have to agree with it you might not understand it at first but you might understand it more if you like legitimately commit to listening to them and then talk through it well, i think and that's, that's interesting what you're yeah. saying is you didn't have distractions that yes. are right that are there on almost every date you go on, especially in today's world yeah. with all the apps and people swiping. So yeah. what you're really saying is, listen, go somewhere with someone where you can weed out maybe a lot of the distractions. 100%. Take a breath so you can hear each other. Because a lot of times today in the world of dating, you don't hear each other and you don't really get yeah. to know that other person. And just looking as an older person and meeting my husband also young, you know, like your parents, I do find it difficult watching Tori, you know, through the journey of this yeah. dating and all the apps and frustrating on my end. Like, how do you really get to know someone? Yeah. And I think that's really what you're saying is you had the opportunity in the pods. And I guess that's what they wanted to present in some ways that, hey, you'd have no distractions and you'd really get to know this person without yep. seeing them and without any distractions. With yeah. your current relationship, how long have you guys been together for? When did you tell her you were on the show? Yeah. How did that all um, happen? So, so I can't tell you how long we've been together. Okay. Um, but I don't blame you. <laughs> her, name is, her name is Alexandra. Uh, okay. We actually, we, we have been uh, steadily and frequently discussing when uh, to make her public, right? So kind of make that announcement. Uh, if you look at my Instagram, I've been very strategic, but we've both been very strategic with the pictures I post, uh, kind of the description of each picture, the story that we want to portray. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're both very much uh, committed to approaching this, if you want to call it platform of just, we want to be, you know, an inspiration to just the people that are doing simple things day in and day out mm -hmm. uh, to, to shed light on. We're not trying to paint a picture that we're perfect, mm -hmm. trying to paint a picture that we're better for things that we gravitate towards. It's more or less just like we are who we are. We're proud of it. We're flawed. We are supportive of people doing their own thing as well. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like the overarching message that we're trying to convey. So to answer your question about when I told Alexandra uh, about the show, she actually knew who I was for, I'd say, over three years. Met through my younger sister, Anna, Alexandra had known of me for about a three-year span when Anna lived in Charlotte. So, you know, I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, moved up here about five months ago. Uh, oh, you just moved there. Moved there recently, yep. So I'm, I'm a transplant from Atlanta. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, so Alec, Alexandra knew of me for about three years, and so there's familiarity there. She actually knew that I was on the show when I went on the show. Oh, really? But we, but we had never met. So how's that? So did exactly. she watch you on the show? She chose not to watch the show. That's, That's very good. smart. She and I had Interesting. You know, conversations about this. We've, we've had a plan that we followed through and just, I wouldn't say strategy. It's just, we got to have a conversation. We got to figure out like what's, what's going to allow us to get through this, uh, knowing that there's going to be things that come up that we're going to have to address that we weren't planning. Because uh, again, that's just the way that life is, but especially in this situation, we didn't know what to expect, and that's we as in cast members. Uh, the audience didn't know what to expect. Because you said even earlier on, like, you don't even know if the show was going to air, air on Netflix. Right. No, we had no idea. There, so, there was no definitive. Yeah. So it's like crazy. 
it, it, it is bizarre. It, it really is. And, and I think... As so I, after as the I, show I, wrapped, like, <clears throat> did they tell you, like, this will be on Netflix? Or they're like, okay, it's wrapped, but we don't know what ch- network it's beyond. And honestly, we don't even know if it will be streamed. We, we did not have a guaranteed commitment either way. Wow. Yep. So that was very much unknown. And, and as I reflect back on it, I think it was for the better. Uh, just me personally, it allowed me to kind of approach it the same way I did before I was casted. I think that's great. Is it now, is there one final question? Is there anything like you want your fans to know about you that you feel like didn't, wasn't shown on the show or something on Instagram that you want to talk? I'm a lot goofier than what was portrayed. Uh, I, I definitely joke around a lot more. I definitely have a lot more energy. Yeah, you were portrayed I think, serious, I would say. I, yeah, and I take life seriously, and that's why I take this seriously too, because I know that you know how it's going to be presented, right? And it's it's an audio uh, recording, but uh, no, like I'm very much happy go lucky. Very much the guy at weddings that's you know taking his shirt off dancing. Like that's that's, that's funny. me. I'm very high energy, but I but I've learned to control it, right? So in the right environment, the right setting, I can let loose and have have a blast. Well, so, you need your own wait, motivational. I, I need no, no, we need I, to wrap no up. One, one more question. All right, Tori. we kept him a okay. lot longer. Okay, one thing, Kim. So, did you do you think you understood the power of television before this aired? No. Yeah, because it's no. huge. I I had no idea, um, and you know, no I, idea. Yeah. No idea. Because yeah, you're and, not an actor. It's not something that you pursue. And it is tremendous, the power of TV, especially as successful as it's been. It's been immensely successful. And, uh, you know, if this is aired or not, like, you know, hats off to Kinetic Content for giving us the opportunity to be a part of the experiment. Uh, hats off to Netflix, right, for obviously, you know, right. buying the show and then you know, producing it and showing it to the world. Uh, but honestly, like hats off to my friends and family and for all the people that have supported or, or disagreed, right? I mean, right. I, I'm going to learn just as much from the people that you know, push back uh, on things. Uh, and again, like it comes in a lot higher volume and frequency uh, today, whether it's positive or negative. Um, but that's something I've also shared with some cast members that have gotten a little more flack uh, and a little more negativity is just it, it, you should almost treat it like it's artificial intelligence. Right, Cause right. It, have you met these people? No. No. Okay. So like, have you, are you going to have a conversation with them later? No. Do you know that when you walk out in public and this is before the show, like, do you know that there's people that look at you and they either admire you for like what they see or there's people that also would be so quick to tear you down for something you did that you weren't even aware of? That's like, the hard part, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the hard part is like, you know, there's going to be people that love you and there's going to be people that absolutely despise you. That's and right. You shouldn't get caught up in it either way. We need we'll an right app back. for you. I need another one. Get me up. Talk about, I mean, love is blind. We need another one for tour. No. <laughs> um, okay, so we're just going to wrap you, you up. Have my, you have my cell phone. Don't, don't share it out, but you have my cell phone. I have your cell phone. No one else on this podcast has no it. Yeah. The mother um, can't have it? No, oh, you can't. You'll, you'll end up like texting him nonsense like, yes, and emojis. Yes, I definitely will. So where can uh, we find you? Um, obviously on Instagram, any other like platforms you want to promote? Uh, honestly, Instagram's probably the go-to. Well, hey, this is my first podcast. You're amazing. You are my, phenomenal. My last one. Might be my last podcast. Uh, but hey, maybe another one. With you know what? Your own uh, motivational podcast. I don't think it should be a list. And in fact, I think you should do your own podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'll think about that. Okay. Let <laughs> me know. And then you have yeah. to have us on. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you all having me on. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Yes. Uh, if not, you know how to reach me. 